What's inside the $2 trillion Corona virus aid package? We're going to break it down for you. Stay tuned. From Philadelphia, the home of the Liberty Bell, Financial Freedom Radio starts now. Here's your host, Raymond Jewell. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us on financialfreedomradio.com. We're blessed that you're here and hope everybody is is staying safe and uh, uh, quarantined and maintaining your distance and whatever else you're supposed to do. I guess wear a mask, too. Yep. Um, So let's uh, bring in our uh, our producer, Steve, and... uh, how you doing, Steve? How was your weekend? Hey, it was good. I'm getting a little tired of being cooped up, uh, but I got a lot of work done around the house, and uh, we have uh, we have a lady who cleans our house, and uh, she hasn't been here for a few weeks, so I actually had to clean the house this weekend. Reminds me how valuable some of these non-essential essential services are. Don't you have a Roomba? Yeah, but that just vacuums. I have to dust and all kinds of stuff. Oh, here's a little hey, you violin. Know, you know, I, I told you this offline when we weren't uh, when we weren't broadcasting, but I said there's a great uh, YouTube video that everyone should take a look at. Uh, it's called I Pencil, and it's based on a, a story that was written back in the 50s uh, about what really is an essential service uh, and what's an essential business. Yeah. And even with something as simple as a pencil, you know, there's no one person that knows how to make a pencil. The, the 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 pencil is made from wood. The wood is cut from saws. The saws are made from blades. The blades are made from metal. The metal is mined. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's really a fascinating story about how intricately woven we as a society have become. And it's very hard to quantify what's an essential service today. But I learned this weekend, my cleaning lady is very essential. <laughs> yeah. So the government should have all the... Uh folks in clean houses and pretty soon my uh my hairdresser is going to become very essential yeah well i'm getting there it's getting long so let's dig into this what i wanted to do steve is uh share with everybody the what's inside the two trillion dollar uh coronavirus uh aid package yeah and we're going to kind of break that down so let's bring up slide one and leave it up there and i'm going to do a little discussion of this. Uh, what this bill is going, and and let me, before we do that, you're you're seeing this all over TV and radio and everything. But for our listeners, a lot of people don't do that. They are online most of the time. So I want to break this down, and um, we're going to try to do our best in in giving you as accurate information as we can. But if we're off the mark, then uh, Please forgive us. But what this bill includes is uh, several elements that are aimed at, at helping keep people engaged in the economy. They're trying to keep the economy as propped up as best as they can. That means direct cash uh, for, for many, plus uh, uh, expanded unemployment benefits and new rules for things like filing your taxes Uh, and making retirement contributions. Um, So you're going to get cash payments, and they estimate to be about $300 billion. So you can see the uh, 
a little uh, part there where it says cash payments. Is that in there? Uh, um, I don't see no, cash payments. Yeah, By no, the way, just so, remind everyone that this is a slide. If they're listening on the audio podcast, you're going to want to go to youtube.com slash financial freedom radio and actually watch this one. Right. And eventually you'll see a scroll go across the bottom of the screen. It says, please like share and whatever else you, you do with our information. Um, so most individuals earning less than $75,000 can expect a one-time cash payment of $1,200. Married couples would each receive a check, uh, or married couples would each receive a check, and families would get $500 per child. So you're talking about um, $2,400. Each person gets $1,200, and then you get $500 per child. That means a family of four earning less than $150,000 can expect $3,400. Um, the checks start to phase down after that and disappear completely for people making more than $99,000 and couples making $198,000. So uh, you're seeing slide two. Now, the cash payments are based on either if your uh, 2018, 2019 tax filings, uh, they're, they're basing it on that. And... Um, People who, who receive Social Security benefits but don't file a tax return are still eligible uh, also. Uh, they don't need to, to uh, file taxes. Their checks will be based on information provided uh, by the Social Security Administration. So uh, the extra unemployment benefits, can we go back to slide one, please? The extra unemployment benefits, the $260 billion Estimated cost is subject to change based on the number of people filing for unemployment. So you can see the individuals, uh, the, it breaks down to $560 billion for individuals. Uh, then you've got big corporations get $500 billion and um, small businesses $377 billion, state and local governments $339 billion. Um, there's a safety net of 26 billion, public health 153 billion, and the um, for education and other areas 43 billion. So when we when we look at this bill, it is money going into the economy to profit in different areas. Um, there's extra unemployment benefits. The 260 billion estimated cost is subject to change based on the number of people that are filing benefits. Uh, states will continue to pay unemployment to people who qualify, and uh, they're just going to add to that. Now, unemployed people, not unemployed, I'm sorry, uh, self-employed freelancers, and they call them gig workers. I've never heard that phrase. You ever heard that phrase, Steve? I've never heard that. Gig workers? Nope. Uh, Maybe people know, who I work can... gig, you know, like a gig, like a different job. They call it a gig. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, gig workers are typically self-employed uh, people, freelancers and contractors, 
they can't apply for unemployment, but this bill creates a new temporary, it's called the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. So if you're self-employed, uh, you can go and, and apply for it through the, the uh, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. And it's through the end of this year. And I'm assuming, uh, and I know what happens when you assume, but that this is done through the Unemployment Administration. Um, tax returns, people that uh, have not filed their uh, uh, 2019 tax returns, uh, it's okay because you're going to get a new filing deadline of July 15th. And the IRS says that people who have filed or plan to file can still expect to receive a refund if they are owed one. So nothing's changing. It's just the date is moving from April to July 15th. Uh, student loans. Uh, employers can provide up to $5,200 for student loans if uh, they want to help their, their employees pay for their student loans. Um, and I'm sure that there's a, a waiver on the student loans that, uh, uh, or that, uh, people that have them can, can defer them. You want to check that out though. So let's talk about, uh, uh, small business and, um, how this affects small business. Cause most people listening to this podcast are, uh, are small business owners. So the, let me get my uh, stack of notes here. Um, the main features for small business uh, are emergency grants and forgivable loan programs for companies with fewer than 500 uh, employees. There are also changes to rules uh, for expenses and deductions meant to make it easier for companies to keep employees on the payroll and stay open near term. So we're going to be able to deduct expenses uh, for small business and get your accountant or there's many places that are filling these forms out. If you need to, to find a place that'll fill them out for you, just let me know. Um, go to, uh, uh, our uh, podcast on uh, YouTube and leave a comment and I'll point you in the right direction because I have resources that will fill these out for you. And uh, let's look at emergency grants. The uh, bill provides $10 billion for grants up to $10,000 to provide emergency funds for small business to cover immediate operating costs and all of this is, is done through, I believe, the Small Business Administration. Forgivable loans. There is $350 billion allocated for the Small Business Administration to provide loans up to $10 million per business. That's a lot. Um, any, any portion of that loan used to maintain payroll, keep workers on the books, or pay for rent, mortgage, and existing debt, could be forgiven provided the workers stay employed through the end of June. So you've got to keep your workers and they've got to stay employed through the end of June. But you're talking and about new loan money, right? You're not talking about forgiving existing loans. This is if they if they get the money from the government, 
and they use it for this purpose, then it's a grant. If not, then it's a loan. That's what we're hearing about. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Thanks for keeping me. Uh, I just want to make sure I understood because I'm like, if I can forgive a loan, let's go for it. Yeah, no. Um, now, you've got to talk to the uh, the financial institution that's that's uh, got this loan because they may give you special terms. They may say, don't make the next three or four or six months payment, but they're probably going to tack that onto the back end. Relief that's for the, existing. That's the part you really, I hate to interrupt, but that's the part that always scares me is that with all of these forgiveness and, and forbearance and stuff like that, the interest is still accumulating, right? I mean, it's not like you're getting, you know, there's not like they're making the payment for you. You're like, yeah, we'll let it go, but that just means more interest later on. You're kicking the can down the road, sort of. Right. And now relief for existing loans, and this will answer your question also, there's $17 billion to cover six months of payments for small businesses already using SBA loans. So if you have an SBA loan, they're going to forgive it for six months. Forgive it is different than forbearance, right? Uh, which one basically makes the payment for you and which one pushes the interest down the road? I don't know. It's a good question. That's what I thought uh, know. It's like if, 17 if billion, it's saying 17 billion to cover six months of payments for small business. It sounds so to me actually, like they're making the, it sounds like they're making, they're making the payments, the payments. For you. That's right. good. That's a good thing. Right. They're making the payments. So can we bring slide number one back up? So when we look at, at small businesses, 377 billion, there's, uh, there's a lot in there in addition to the individuals. Now I'm assuming, and again, the government is still not clear on this, that if you're a small business owner, and you are getting the grant to keep your business going, then you're also able to get money from the government in the $1,200 per person range. So, but let's look at big corporations, 500 billion, and people attack big corporations. But the bill sets aside fi roughly 500 billion in loans and other money for big corporations. These companies will have to pay the government back and will be subject to public disclosures and other requirements. But big businesses hire people. They keep people employed. They are many, 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 many small businesses. If you want to look at it that way, they are, uh, they are, are driving lots of employees to take home pay, to put into the economy. So they have to be nurtured. You can't just, you know, hammer them because they make a lot of money. It's the law of large numbers. Um, if, you know, they're a big business because they grew from a small business to a mid-sized business to a big business. And their, their growth was because somebody who had a great idea grew that business into an extremely large business and they shouldn't be penalized for that. So they have to keep their employees going, but unlike a small business, they have to pay the loans back and they can't use it to buy back stock or anything like that. 
the airlines uh, is about 58 billion is allocated to help airlines stay open. One portion of that money is set aside to help cover employee wages, salaries, and benefits divided up as if as up to 25 billion for passenger air carriers, up to 4 billion for cargo air carriers, and up to 3 billion for airline contractors. Stock buyback ban. Any company receiving a loan under the program is barred from making stock buybacks for the term of the loan plus one year. So whatever the term of the loan is, and then a year after that, they better not be caught buying back stock. Reporting requirements, all loans, their terms and any investments or other assistance provided by the government must be publicly disclosed. So these people have to become more transparent than they are. Now there's oversight. Uh, the bill creates a special inspector general to oversee pandemic recovery. That person, along with a special committee, would provide oversight of all loans and other uses of taxpayer dollars. No benefit for Trump. <laughs> this is in there. The president, vice president, members of the cabinet, and members of Congress are barred from benefiting from the money carved out for corporations. That also extends to the spouse, child, son-in-law, daughter-in-law. Daughter uh, this, this is obviously from another political group. Be, be careful. I'm not going to be political today. I promised it. But the Democrats had to put that in there. Oh, there you go. You had to get it in. Uh, all businesses. The bill establishes a fully refundable tax credit for businesses of all sizes that are closed or distressed to help them keep workers on the payroll. That are closed or distressed to help keep workers on the payroll. The goal is to get those employees hired back or put on paid furlough to make sure they have jobs to return to. The credit covers to 50% of payroll on the first 10,000 of compensation, including health benefits for each employee. Is that clear? Yes, Steve? that made sense. Okay. For employers with more than 100 full-time employees, the credit is for wages paid to employees when they are not providing services because of the coronavirus. Eligible employers with 100 or fewer full-time employees could use the deduction, even if they aren't closed. Clear? Yeah, I mean, the basic gist that you're, you're saying here is trying to keep people with money in their pocket. Right. And keep keep big corporations from doing selfish things with the money. I mean, that's that's the short version. Right. Then it goes through public health, hospitals. I'm not going to break all this down. Community health centers, drug access, uh, and centers for uh, disease control or prevention, veterans health care, there's money there, telehealth. That's a big deal these days, telehealth. Um, and a lot of companies are using that, medicine and supplies. Safety net, this is important. There's a, there's a safety net built into this um, that the uh, 
it's it's for child nutrition that if children you know are lacking food uh or uh uh major food food security programs and no this isn't a second wave this hasn't been brought up yet there's a second wave of this stuff coming if this thing doesn't work its way out fast enough food stamps child nutrition state and lo local governments um they get money but let's talk about temporary student loan relief uh, all loans and interest payments would be deferred through September 30th without penalty to the borrower for all federally owned student loans. So that answers part of your question before. Yeah, but the key word there is deferred. Yeah. That means that the interest is still going to accumulate. Without penalty. Without penalty, yep. meaning you're not going to get penalized for not paying, yep. but you're still going to have that interest is still building up. So instead of paying right. $10,000 in interest, you're not going to pay $11,000 in interest. Right. Work-study funds. It allows schools to turn unused work-study funds into supplemental grants and continue paying work-study wages while schools are suspended. Students who are forced to drop out of school as a result of the coronavirus wouldn't have that time away from school deducted from their lifetime limits on subsidized loan and Pell Grant eligibility. So, so that's that a lot of talking. Out. Yeah. But here, here's, so that, go ahead. I don't want to derail you, so but that, I have a very important question. That lays out a lot of the uh, uh, information of where the money's going. And what we're mainly concerned with is, is financial freedom. So now that we know where the money's going, what we're going to do in our future shows is we're going to talk about uh, what you need to be doing through this period of time to maintain your financial growth and not lose in this, uh, in this pandemic environment we're in. And hopefully it won't last very long. You had a question? Yeah, you just answered it. The answer is, you're not going to tell us this week. That was a big tease for next week. Um, my question was going to be, when we get this money, what's the most intelligent thing we should be doing with it? But it sounds to me like you're teasing that for next week. Well, yeah, and we need to look at what it's for. It's to stimulate the economy. And you and I have had this discussion uh, as to how to stimulate the economy, but it's there to allow people to buy food, to buy essentials, to, uh, uh, to maintain their family unit without starving. And, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why it's there. It's not to take trips or do frivolous things. Uh, it's to to maintain the uh, uh, cohesiveness of the family unit. But we're we're gonna break. We're gonna go into understanding money. We're gonna go into uh, the fact that money is not math. Uh, we're going to understand uh, coordination, integration, and all of these things that we need to know about going forward because the financial institutions have one 
one goal in mind. Remember the four rules. They've got to get our money. They've got to get it on a systematic and ongoing basis. They've got to hang on to it for as long as possible and give it back as little as possible. They're not giving back money. It's the government doing it. And the government is doing it for one specific reason, and that's to keep the economy propped up. Otherwise, it would a lot of things would dry up. Businesses would, businesses would collapse. And it would be it would be pretty serious. Uh, never in the history of our country that I know of uh, have everything has everything shut down. So when you do that, the only things that are open are the essentials: grocery stores, pharmacies, <clears throat> gasoline. You get gasoline. Uh, you don't have restaurants and and um, a lot of the the industries that that cater to, I guess, the uh, entertainment industries, uh, and uh, and travel is being is suspect. A lot of people aren't trying. People aren't doing things for fear of catching the coronavirus. So, a lot of this going on right now is new to us. So we've got to understand the principles that of of wealth and understand what to do with it now and in the future. And so we're going to lay out a complete program and I'm going to debunk a lot of the garbage that's going on out there by the financial planners and uh, financial institutions. And we're going to point you in the right direction. So that being said, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I hope this was helpful. Our goal is to give you information. As Einstein said, the mind that opens to a new idea never goes back to its original size. I hope we've expanded your mind and taking it to a different level by expanding it and keeping it from going back to its original size. So I want to thank you all for coming and watching our show. And if you've made it this far, God bless you. <laughs> we'll see you back here next week, financialfreedomradio.com. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to learn how to create real sustainable wealth like the extremely rich people do, or maybe you just want to sustain the wealth you already have, you need to check out Dr. Ray's new book, Why the Rich are Rich. Ray's been coaching clients for 35 years and has completely unlocked the secret strategies that rich people use day in and day out to grow and sustain their wealth, regardless of what's going on in the economy. His book is completely free and you can get it by going to whythericharerich.com and entering your email address. Again, that's whythericharerich.com. Head over there now.